lowering the expectations of yourself is is part of the lesson here for me. And I think the invitation to do to really take some time each morning and check in with yourself about your capacity and learn the signals and the signs in your body about what would suggest a reduction, you know, in capacity or an increase in your capacity. And then let's talk about support. You know, when my father died, my employer had a fantastic employee mental health system in place and they put me in touch with a grief counselor. I can remember almost nothing from that time. I, I, the only thing I remember, I don't, I don't remember the counselor's face. I remember losing, leaving behind a ring in the bathroom. <laughs> That's the only time I remember. But I do know that it was an important part of my healing process. Hello and welcome to Unset at Work. I'm your host, Catherine Stegg-Macy. I'm an executive and team coach interested in the conversations we don't have at work. And we are back in this episode on the topic of grief. We first covered this on the podcast in an episode back in May this year with Bryony Wildblood. She's an interfaith minister and grief counselor and working with her for my father's 20th year memorial last year had meant that we had some really beautiful deep conversations on how we move with grief in our current way of being in the world. That's what we cover in that episode. And then in August this year, my dog and lifelong companion of 15 years died. I keep postponing recording this episode because I don't know if I can get through it. (laughs) And that's the thing with grief, right? You find yourself with all these feelings that... (laughs) you know, are going to come and then just cut out from the knees from a capacity perspective in ways I wasn't expecting. And I'm lucky in the sense that I am my own boss. I, you know, I have a successful business. So I can take off unplanned leave. I can take the afternoon off. I can take several days off, just postpone things. And that's not the case for many of us. So this episode is about sharing that experience with you. And sharing what I learned from it, because you and I know that if it hasn't happened already, there will come a time when you have a loss in your life and you will still have to show up for work. And so how do you do that with kindness and compassion for yourself? Um, a little bit more about my, my dog, Bentley, otherwise known as Mr. Bean in, in his final years. Um, he'd been poorly for much of this year, so I knew the time was coming. And I made the hard decision that no pet owner ever wants to have to make. I had friends around me. I felt supported and held. And just shortly, in fact, it happened in the August holidays. I'd already had a break planned. And so I went away on that trip as planned. And in that you know, that week away, I cried every day and scrolled through my phone and, and looked up all the photos of Mr. B and set, you know, put them in a special folder. And friends called every day to check in. And, you know, that that first week felt fairly standard as, and I, as I would expect it. And back home, I... I felt it all cried out and resigned to carry on with life without his little patter of his paws in the house and his his warm little back against mine in in the, on the couch and the demands for walks three times a day and his expectation of only having the best chicken in his bowl for dinner. So, you know, ever the pragmatist, I decided I was ready to go back to work. Time to get stuck in. And the first thing I noticed that I, I still wasn't myself and I felt embarrassed because it was, I knew I was grieving, but it was about a dog and there was some, there was something about that that felt like it didn't get the, it shouldn't have the um, importance of, of grieving of say for a human. I really judged myself hard for grieving over an animal. So when I deferred 
meetings with people who didn't know me, I did, I'd actually say death in the family. I was too embarrassed to say I was this impacted to the extent by the loss of my of my dog. And and by not being myself, I mean I find myself staring off into space and sort of blank and numb or making coffee and then finding myself just crying, you know, out of nowhere. So you know, lesson one here is you know, if there's anything I've learned as a coach that you have to feel your feelings and avoiding them doesn't make them go away. The feelings sort of get stuck and come out in another way you know, in your body, in your your health, uh, your capacity to be in relationship with others or in a conversation when you least expect it. Then came the first podcast recording call that, you know, that I had for uh, since before he died. And it was with a guest I didn't know well. What We'd done a lot of prep before the holidays, so probably six, eight weeks before the actual recording. And it was on a very challenging topic. As I, I read the notes prior to the call, it just felt like another person had written them. But I completely overrode that sense of discomfort and made some changes, even though we'd already agreed that questions together. I made changes on my own. And through all that fog, I just pushed through the call and I messed it up. I offended the guest who called me out later in an email exchange. And they were right. I, I did mess up. I changed the questions on the guest in the moment because I felt disconnected from those questions. I never mentioned that to the guest. And the impact was I and intentionally made them feel marginalized, uh, which was kind of the very topic that we were talking about. And it'll probably be the first episode that never gets published out of respect to my guest. And I know that the non-grieving me would not have made those mistakes. I wasn't, I wasn't fully myself, even though I thought I, I was. I could have easily pushed out that call. There was no reason to have to go ahead. But that part of me that likes to sort of soldier on and, and you know, toughen up just made, you know, made the wrong choice. And so, that's lesson two, you know, adjust your expectations of yourself. Don't assume that after two weeks, and I say this to myself as well as you, that you're back to 80% of your work capacity. You won't be. We have to reduce our workload, reduce our expectations of ourselves. Your sharp mind may not be so sharp. Your memory may be impacted. Your willingness to stand up and present in front of people may be impacted. I mean, the thing is you won't know how you're impacted until you're in the moment and feeling the impact. And so creating Lowering the expectations of yourself is is part of the lesson here for me. And I think the invitation to do to really take some time each morning and check in with yourself about your capacity and learn the signals and the signs in your body about what would suggest a reduction, you know, in capacity or an increase in your capacity. And then let's talk about support. You know, when my father died, my employer had a fantastic employee mental health system in place and they put me in touch with a grief counselor. I can remember almost nothing from that time. I, I, the only thing I remember, I don't, I don't remember the counselor's face. I remember losing, leaving behind a ring in the bathroom. <laughs> That's the only time I remember. But I do know that it was an important part of my healing process. And so lesson three is about putting in place the support that you need. I had a friend uh, who sort of texted me daily after, after Mr. B died about his life, about his dog, some small thing he noticed on his walk. And that human connection, that it's the normality of it all worked so well for me. And he asked me if, if, you know, if he wanted to continue. I said, yes, you know, just these little postcards from another normal life that carried on it was really helpful for me. Um, I coped less well when people kept asking me, you know, weeks later, how I was feeling. Uh, it just felt, uh, I felt um, 
like I was wallowing and I, and, and have, you know, being honest about how I felt in that time felt indulgent. So I preferred a different kind of connection and, you know, your form of support will look differently to you. You know, this time around, I didn't need the help of a professional. Had I had colleagues, I would have talked to them about lightening my workload. So ask for what you need as long as you need it. You know, in, in the UK, it's it's common to have a bereavement policy. I'm not sure what it's like in other countries. So my question would be, do you know what what that bereavement policy is for your company? I never knew what that was when I worked in a corporate. And I think it's useful to know because you might be managing someone who's experiencing a loss or it may be you who's going through that. And chances are it's unpaid leave and it's very limited. And you know, com- company policy aside, you might want to support a team member who's been through a loss and you might not be able to flex the company policy, but there might be other ways of providing support like lightening you know, their workload. Everything I've covered here can be applied to a colleague uh, or a team member who's going through their own in their own you know, grief cycle. So you know, my takeaways on this uh, on this merry-go-round of grief this time around is that you know, grieving at work is hard and uh, is the first one. And feeling your feelings, even when it's damned inconvenient, um, is another one. And you think I'd know that by now as a coach. And the third one would be to adjust your expectations of yourself, your capacity, um, how you might show up in the world. So if you know someone who's could find this conversation about grief helpful send them the episode reach out to them and you know we get through these cycles of of struggle you know in community in relationship so until next week this is your wing woman signing off Mm -hmm.